0: Many of you know that I dedicated 2021 this year as a year of radical healing. Well, I've since been in a four-week journey with healing, deep, profound healing, not just the physical healing and recovery from the COVID-19 virus with 12 days of fever, but a healing that has permeated my whole being in myriad layers and expressions with some really cool, profound spiritual gifts. A friend recently shared a quote with me from Don Oscar Miro-Casada, and I want to share just one line of it here with you now. I'll likely share the rest of the quote during the show here, but this sentence says, all healing requires participation, full involvement, and empathic commitment to return to the optimum originating state of pure luminous wholeness as a loving, pristine expression of source. I love that. This powerful message has been guiding my journey to return to the optimum originating state of pure luminous wholeness as a loving expression of source. How does that resonate with you, dear friend? We're going to dive into this idea and explore all the myriad layers of healing on this show because 2021 is a year for all of us to move into radical healing. And I know so many of you listening are dealing with your own healing journey. So I invite you to take a few deep breaths, open your heart and mind, And settle into your essential wholeness, and might I say holiness, as I introduce our guest, my friend Cheryl Lynn. As a medical intuitive healer and spiritual guide, she reads the energy beneath your words, working deeply at a cellular level as a spiritual conduit, bringing you back into alignment with the truth of who you really are and she is one of my favorite healers on the planet that has been with me these last four weeks so she probably has some observations of her own welcome back Sherilyn hello welcome back to you (laughs) (laughs) yeah thank you I have not recorded a show in these four weeks or five weeks whatever it's been and um It's nice to be back. It's nice to be in the studio at Empower Radio. It's nice to be back with my producer, Tony. And it's so nice to have you as my first guest uh, upon this re-entry. So thank you for being here. Ooh, Cheryl, I I love that quote. And we're going to dive into these layers of healing and, and what that means. And I kind of like split out all the sentences or ideas within this larger quote here that I want to talk about. But first, I just want to open this to you on any reflections um, that you might have from that intro or from um, what you know to be the expressions of healing in in this more holistic, new evolutionary way on the planet, so I'm gonna just open it up to you first.
1: Healing is such an interesting word, first of all, because I, <clears throat> I know that um, we get often confused between the words healing and cure. So there are, there are illnesses which. We often want to recover from, right? We don't. We don't want to have the Please. symptoms anymore. But sometimes the healing is not. This is not about curing something. It it is more about bringing our consciousness into alignment with ourselves and our deeper levels of feeling right with ourselves and God and Uh, all of our multidimensional aspects and that that healing can can look many many different ways and the journey of healing can look many many different ways um one of the things that is very common when you go to a doctor or when you go to someone like me a medical intuitive healer often people come and like just want a magic pill just make this pain go away I don't want to deal with this anymore, you know, or this long-term illness. I want a solution. Give me a solution. I, you know, even if it's a medication that's going to result in even more problems, I don't care. I just don't want to be in pain anymore. And often when we approach things like that, we're missing so many layers of the healing process and we just end up either, either it doesn't work or we end up, healing and curing that one thing and then something else pops up because we never really got to the core of it and I know you know this because you certainly have had your share of healing um, in your life and even since since we've known each other uh, various things that have happened the latest with you getting the COVID virus Um, and the journey has been interesting to watch you know it's been a it's, it's never really about just the symptoms. Right.
0: Right. You know, you bring up a good point. I'm going to I'm going to say a quote and what I heard in a second. So I, I'm not going to forget that. I'm not going to let you let me forget that. So remind me to come back to this. But what you're talking about is really an important piece that um, that I certainly I experienced during COVID. I'll, I'll share with you. I, I, like I mentioned in the, in the intro, I had 12 days of fever and all my loved ones were like, go to the doctor, go to the doctor, get on some medicine. You got to do something. You got to, and they had more anxiety about it than I did. And I literally was participating in that journey, actively, consciously participating in that journey that you're talking about and that, that, that I mentioned of What does this virus have to teach me? What does this illness have to gift me? And what is the healing process going to deepen me into? It's like I totally made myself available to the virus and to my body and to how and what I could learn. And because I was patient like that. I allowed 12 days of fever, doing you know lots of water, Tylenol and ibuprofen. Nothing really kept my fever down. I, I still had a fever even on Tylenol and, and ibuprofen. But the 12 days of fever with water and sleep and water and sleep brought me some incredible gifts. I can share them later in the show. So I love that you brought up that idea of the journey, Cheryl. Thank you. I think that's an important piece, that sometimes the healing is way more powerful than a cure. Totally. Yes, now, absolutely. I want to tell you what I heard when you. I, I wrote you a quote down. You said um, something about bringing our consciousness into alignment with ourselves. And when you said that, I heard bring our consciousness in alignment with our cells c-e-l-l-s now isn't that a powerful prescription right there i'd love to hear you talk about that what does it mean to bring our consciousness in alignment with the cells every cell of our body
1: well i'm gonna i'm gonna mention something that might be a little controversial just because everyone's got an opinion about the vaccines Um, And I absolutely was not going to get vaccinated. I didn't vaccinate my kids. You know, they've been healthy as far as those kinds of uh, illnesses. Um, And I, you know, I I had been, I would say, a more militant anti-vaxxer. And then it was kind of like, no, everyone's free to make their decisions. And, you know, I had a lot of opinions about that. But I had no intention of getting the COVID vaccine. And then one day something shifted in me. I mean, par- partially, um, you know, there there was mo- mostly because uh, some of my relatives wouldn't hug me anymore <laughs> if I wasn't vaccinated, and uh, you know, I wanted my to be able to hug my auntie, and she there's no way she was gonna let me near her. So there was part partially that, but so an interesting thing. happened. So I tuned in. I tuned in to the the vaccine and I checked all of the ones that were available and you know got a, a yes for one of them and what my body said was first of all that my body said it could work with any of them and I was like really <laughs> even this one that I read all these horrible things about And it said, yes, of course, we can work with anything. I mean, if you just even think about all the toxins in the environment that our body has to deal with all the time, you know, whether it's air pollution or water pollution or chemicals in the food, you know, our body's constantly purifying and working with what we put into it, right? Mm -hmm. So it made, it made sense. I had to go through a little bit of fear around it and I knew that I couldn't go into it without Feeling completely free and and neutral about it, but I decided to go and get the vaccine. And so, as I'm driving there, I had this feeling, and I had a couple of my clients that were that had made the same decision. I had given them a little song to sing when they went to um, when they went to do it to just kind of help relieve anxiety and and really be in alignment with the cells. And um, I'm not going to sing it on air because my voice is not that good, but it's <laughs> every little cell in my body is happy. Every little cell in my body as well. Every little cell in my body is happy. And singing that over and over again um, really uh, made a huge difference for me as I was and I could feel it. And this can sound a little silly, but literally as I'm singing it, driving to the to the place where I was getting the vaccine, I could see my cells reaching out as if they were little, like emoticons, you know, with a hand that my cells were reaching out to the vaccine particles of the vaccine and saying, "Howdy, partner, come on in," and they were going to partner with the chemicals in the vaccine. Have anything that was going to harm me just be released? Through the elimin, you know, our natural elimination system, and um, that it was going to be fine. And I had such a sense of peace and rightness about my decision. And you know, one other thing I'll share: I have um, a a colleague, friend, client <laughs> who um, has had severe reactions to just about everything, any kind of chemicals, and just she's like has a lot of allergies and was very concerned about getting the vaccine and she sang that song and had no reactions at all like it was it was a miracle no reactions to either the first or the second vaccine so so what is that why did she has reactions to just about everything allergic to so many things but she had no reaction so that gives that brings me back to the whole idea that we have this relationship with our bodies if we if we if we open to it you can feel even even as the listeners are listening right now, if you just right now imagine that all the little cells in your body, however you imagine them as beings, they each have their own little system. If you've ever seen a picture of a cell, it's very complex and has all this stuff going on, right? So if you imagine these these cells that are in your body right now and you tune into them and you can feel sometimes it'll feel like a little tingling sensation or it'll feel like um, you might might feel like light in your body and what that is is your 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 body your cells are noticing that you're paying attention to them because most of the time we walk around and they're just doing their thing but we're not even paying attention to what they're doing (laughs) And this is—they're lighting up and saying, "Oh, oh, she's she's focusing on us and paying attention. Maybe we're going to get instructions. Maybe we're gonna—maybe she's going to listen to something we have to tell her, like she needs a little more uh, magnesium or something, <laughs> right?" So, anyway, that—that's what I thought of when you were talking about that coming into alignment with ourselves. First of all, we have to recognize that we're ourselves are always communicating with us. But most of the time, for most people, we're not actually listening to them.
0: Yeah, we're not conscious. And what you're, what this idea of bringing our consciousness in alignment with ourselves is that tuning in. I love the idea. Um, I, I have to tell you your story i was thinking about the movie inside out you know like our cells they're in there and like i don't know if you've ever seen that movie but it's so cute and i was just seeing a whole new um inside out too with health and wellness not just the emotions and and the brain and what's going on it's like oh yeah let's let's activate the rest of the systems here but You're right. Our bodies can purify and detox. And when I bring my awareness to the cells of my body, it's like I experience more aliveness. Like it wakes up, just like you said, some people tingly, some people like everyone has a different experience, but I feel more aliveness. You know, I can just like tune into my feet and I feel more aliveness, tune into my shins and calves, I feel more aliveness. And so there's just that It's like waking up to to that reality. I love that, so thank you. Well, Cheryl, I'm gonna turn this then because I really wanna hear your idea about um, Miro Casada's quote of that really, this is a return to, first of all, I like the original state when he talks about optimum originating state, but this return to the state A pure, luminous wholeness as a loving, pristine expression of source. I love this. He's bringing us into um, this idea of aliveness to me. It's like pure, luminous wholeness and loving expression of source is really our aliveness, that consciousness that we are um, this unified field of consciousness. And and he's bringing us into this idea of source. So I'm just curious of what's your opinion of of that quote?
1: Um, Well, what it reminds me of is that this is often a message that comes through me when I am working with someone on a physical ailment or an organ, particularly. And the... What happens is, so for instance, someone with like arrhythmia, which is, you know, a regular heartbeat. I'll go into the heart and see, you know, what's happening, that there's uh, the ar- irregularity. And what they'll show me is how the heart was initially programmed to perform. So the bot, this particular person, when they were born, the heart had... Particular genetic programming of how to operate and and do what it does effectively and so they'll show me the heart that person's heart operating at optimum levels as it was designed to its original programming. And it was—it's kind of like showing, like holding up a mirror to that body organ, and saying, "Remember, you're programming. This is how you were designed to program," and, um, and then asking the heart or whatever organ it is to match and merge with that program with the original programming. So it's really cool. It can—it can. It can um, have profound effects I mean there's other layers to to why people develop these things so there are other layers to address but that is kind of like when I tuned into you when you were experiencing your COVID journey that was kind of what they were showing me like re- remind her cells of their original programming and that this is just a temporary situation and the body knows how to deal with it and that the original programming is capable of handling it and it's and it'll be fine, you know. I was worried about you at first, <laughs> and I was like, Oh, no, no, she's gonna be fine. She's getting uh an upgrade to it's gonna be Julie, probably I was gonna say 2.0, but it's probably like 4.0, <laughs> Julie 4.0 now. Um, and it really is, is um, it's it's an even beyond your original programming, yeah. So
0: yeah, it's this upgrade to the original programming. So it's it's interesting that he talks about returning to that, um, and I, I think that there's this essential of returning to that expression of source is um, even beyond the programming idea. It's like so the programming can be upgraded, but we can get some viruses. I mean, think about computers. It's a perfect metaphor for our physical bodies. And I, I think it's important to go, oh, yeah, this is now we're bringing in some spiritual elements, the the mental, emotional elements. And there's so many different ways to look at the subtle bodies. So here we are exploring. But this idea of um, a pristine expression of source is like gives us permission to go, oh, yeah, I can surrender to that intelligence. I don't have to I don't have to do anything. I don't have to fix anything. I don't have to whatever. So it's kind of like the your quote bringing our consciousness consciousness in alignment with ourselves and our cells and our health and this pristine expression of source. So when we bring our consciousness there, that's all we have to do then we can surrender. Mm. And our body remembers the consciousness knows and all is well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I want to bring one more piece into this quote from Don Oscar Miro Casada because I think this piece is interesting. And I'd love to hear the cosmic conduit in you. You're an amazing healer. Um, kind of respond to this. The second sentence of his quote was As a universe, we must go beyond its conception and embrace a lived experience of being the universe itself. And that, okay, I'm going to read it one more time in a second, but this quote to me is an exciting idea that's evolutionary for us. I'm leaving back Newtonian physics and the the illusion of separation that we talk about on this show all the time, and to understand that we are a living universe itself and we're a part of a living universe and we have a whole living universe within so here's the quote cheryl and then i'll turn it over to you as a universe we must go beyond its conception and embrace a lived experience of being the universe itself
1: Hmm. well i'm going to ask you a question about that for you because one of the experiences I've had when I've had a fever, especially a high fever, and you had a high fever at first, right? Yeah so when you get that state where you're whether you're delirious or not, it it moves you into a different state of being when you have a high fever. I, and it's my belief now, years, years of yeah, I, it's been a long time since I've had a high fever, but it's my understanding now that the, that state that you go into when you have a high fever brings you actually closer to what you just read in that quote it remind it's there to remind you of your it's like when when you're completely surrendered like that you because you have no choice because you can't really do much when you have such a high fever you you are merging on some level with creation you're in this in the in the fluidity of your being. You're not trying to do anything. You're not, you're not, um, you're not making an effort to be conscious. You just are being. And I think that that is one of the gifts of allowing yourself to go through that process like you just did. So what is your experience? What was your experience with that, with this latest thing where you had the high fever? Did you, did you feel yourself in that altered state and, or it's, it's an altered state. Cause it's not, you're not walking around busy, right?
0: Right. Yeah. Uh, thank you for bringing that back. I, um, it was an interesting process. And when I think about, um, this altered state, I literally, you're right. There's part of me that says, you know, go to bed, sleep a lot. And you're in that you're in that zone between awake and sleep a lot, you know, as you're just vegging out or chilling out. But what happened with me, which was really profound, was that the executive part of my brain was not engaged at all. Like there was no time space. Number one, we knew from the get-go, oh, you're in quarantine for 10 days, (laughs) you know, and I'll share some of my gifts that I learned after the break. But one of the first things I said was, oh, I'm quarantined for 10 days. I'll get so much work done. And then it was like, oh, I'm really sick. I can't get any work done. It was like this, this, once it shifted and I had that high fever, I was, and I couldn't Keep my fever down. Um, I could just manage it um, at a low grade temp with meds. So you're right. It was this altered state. The executive function of my brain was not engaged. I was in this timeless space, and quite literally timeless because there was no clock, no routine, no nothing besides, you know, nursing my body and my cells, bringing my consciousness in alignment with my body and my cells to take care. Um, And, you know, I wasn't in a delirium. Sometimes fever brings you into um, a very break in our states of consciousness in, in ways of delirium and, and other, sometimes psychosis can happen. There's a lot that can happen when you get there. I didn't have that high, high fever that brings you into that state of delirium. So it was like a, um, manageable, delightful space between sleep and waking consciousness. Um, for most of the first 12 days. And then once that like I, I was observing it, I stayed in my um, ability to just observe my consciousness and my awareness but I didn't I didn't engage that left brain executive thinking, organizing planning and I haven't really got that back, Cheryl. <laughs> it's like here I am four weeks later I really don't have. I, well, in fact, I don't even have a desire. I don't have a desire to think, plan, organize, rational, cognitive, organizational, structured part of me. I don't even want it back. I don't want it back. This new state of being is really more of a flow and more of that, um, a real integrated place, but real manageable and um, creative more creative so i love this flow so i don't know if that answered your question i'm going to let you just respond quickly right before we go to break here if there's anything that popped up for you
1: um well it sounds like the way you're describing it that is it's like you're in that state that is we'll say at least closer to what what he's describing in the poem of just the writing where it's you really are disengaged from the mind as you say the executive function and so yeah. you're just being with your consciousness it's like without, yeah. without trying to do anything so being
0: the universe cool. itself that was yes. the part of the quote I, I i guess i really was just being the universe itself it was, yeah yeah mm. thank you for that we need to take a quick break you're listening to the dr julie show all things connected when we return we're going to talk more about the healing and so much more goodies about that we'll be back in just a second i want to thank my mommy for loving me so much for taking me out to the park for reading me books For taking me to the doctor when I broke my foot in ballet rehearsal. For leaving me alone
1: when I wanted to be alone. And And now, now, as a grown-up, I'm thankful for being able to take care of you, my dear mom. For having the chance to take you to the park. For reading you those books we enjoy so much. For being able to take you to your therapies after you twisted your ankle. For understanding that sometimes you simply want to be alone.
0: Rules change without us noticing. And in your new role, we help you help. Visit aarp.org slash caregiving to get practical health and wellness tips to provide even better care for your loved one. Remember, visit aarp.org slash caregiving. AARP, we help you help. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Kelly Clarkson, and I've toured the country dozens of times, and there's one thing every state has in common childhood hunger the sad truth is that 17 million kids don't know where their next meal is coming from or if it's even coming at all yet there are billions of pounds of surplus food around the country at farms and warehouses that could help end this injustice but all that food is useless if it doesn't get where it needs to go that's why the feeding american nationwide network of food banks gathers surplus food and gets it to hungry kids before it goes to waste but they can't do it without your help Join me in supporting Feeding America and your local food bank. Find out how at feedingamerica.org. Together we can solve hunger. Together we're Feeding America. To help solve hunger in your community and to find your local food bank, visit feedingamerica.org. That's feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council.
1: This is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children. Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children age 1 to 13. What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat?
0: Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. You're listening to Empower Radio, an entire radio station devoted to your personal development, expanding your conscious awareness, and empowering positive change. Meet our hosts and listen online at EmpowerRadio.com. On iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Stitcher Radio, or iTunes, or download the Empower Radio app for your smartphone or tablet. It's free in the App Store, and it
1: lets you listen to our shows and podcasts on demand. Empowering people, empowering change.
0: Empower Radio, online at EmpowerRadio.com. Now, back to The Dr. Julie Show, all things connected on Empower Radio. Welcome back. Hey, if you're inspired by our conversation today, I invite you to share it with others and perhaps listen to it again. You can do that by visiting my website at thedrjulieshow.com, where you'll find all the archive links as well as a listing of upcoming guests. Again, that's thedrjulieshow.com. Also, on the leading edge of personal, social, and global transformation, I invite you to be a way shower, a change agent, and make connections that inspire and accelerate our collective awakening and healing. Stay connected every week with my newsletter, where you'll find meaningful content, opportunities, and inspiration. You can sign up at juliekrollemail.com. Again, that's juliekrollemail.com, K-R-U-L-L. I am going to be announcing a really cool healing project. So if you're really loving this conversation, we're going to have so many more enlightened, evolved conversations about enlightened, evolved healing coming up really, really, really soon with the surprise. There's going to be an announcement really soon. I'm really excited. So you'll find out more by signing up for that email, julietcrollemail.com and um, learn more. You can also... Learn more about Cheryl Lynn's work at CherylLynn.com. That's two R's and two L's. CherylLynn.com. I think you can still get there with the CosmicConduit.com as well. Is that right, Cheryl? Yes. Yep. Awesome. Cheryl is an amazing healer. And if you're looking for a healer, she does do individual sessions and you will not be sorry. Check her out. Um, There's it's so so here's where I wanted to start. So I'm going to describe you just to start where I want to start (laughs) there. Your work works on this energetic healing on subtle energy levels, the energy body, But it's also so much more. It's like, um, I'm just going to drop this in, something that is so near and dear to my heart is that, You know, we've had this old paradigm of healing. First, it was biopsychosocial healing. And then we went into the holistic movement of health and healing. And that was mind, body, spirit. And now we're moving beyond that. It's like as if this new paradigm of wholeness includes personal health and healing, cultural health and healing. You see that. Look out your window. Look at the news. Pay attention to what's happening on the planet. We're in a state of acute cultural healing right now and healing some deep cultural wounds this is our time as well as planetary healing look at the planet look at the conversations climate look at look at how we're tuning in talk about bringing our consciousness in alignment with ourselves and ourselves we're bringing our consciousness in alignment with nature nature's design and then the cosmic part of it so cheryl you are a master at this. This is what you do with your clients. You tune in. You're a medical intuitive and a healer, and you can see inside the body, but you also work with relationships and um, work-related and all these other subtle energetic pieces that bring us in back into this enlightened wholeness. I'm just going to say that. I don't know what it means, enlightened wholeness, but it comes through in this moment. So... I'm going to open with that, Cheryl. Can you talk to us about all of these subtle levels of healing and what's on the evolutionary edge here as we reimagine healing?
1: That was a mouthful.
0: It was. (laughs) There's
1: a lot in there. Um, So it's interesting. As you were talking, I was... I was thinking about, and I like enlightened wholeness. I'm not sure exactly what that encapsulates myself, but I kind of like that. I liked Enlightened wholeness.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Although there can be a judgment about enlightened. Well, I'm enlightened and you're not enlightened, or this is an enlightened way of thinking, and that's not an enlightened way of thinking. So there is that. Um, But I think about everything that we're going through on our planet right now. And how we have always been people, the human beings have always been called to keep evolving, right? We've, We've evolved in so many different ways. And so right now with all of the, what I was talking before about what our body has to deal with, with Pollution in the air and toxins in in our food chain and all of that and the body is adapting. The body adapts to it, and sometimes it adapts in ways that um, that end up causing hiccups or or ease in the body because it's it's trying to listen to our instructions. It's trying to deal with things that were that it hasn't had to deal with before. But I see if, if you can view it all as always being upgraded, like we're, our consciousness is always being upgraded, our physicality is always being upgraded, and that being adaptable to our circumstances is really the key. And I think the big one right now is stress and anxiety, which pres- then produces anxiety, which then affects the body's health and all of that but the level of stress that most of the people that i and not just my clients but friends and relatives are dealing with is really off the charts i think for many people there's a lot of people in fear not not everyone of course because people depending on their their history of being adaptable i think they adjust more easily or with more difficulty to stress. But if you think about it as we're dealing with right now, this virus, because this is, you know, a topic you and I are talking about because you just recovered from it, right? And everything that that stirs up in us, instead of it see uh, seeing it as like, oh my God, we've got to get rid of this. This is a big thing. When we again, when we were talking before about, you know, people wanting just a magic pill to make themselves feel better and just make my symptoms go away. But what you described when you finally realized that you couldn't get any work done, laying there with a the fever is exactly what we're being called to about many things, not just the virus, but what happens if we just lean into it and we go on the journey of where the stress is going to take us. And instead of seeing it as something that we have to get rid of or manage or figure out, that we stay curious about it and move with it, and say, "Okay, well, here I have this virus in my body. I wonder what it wants to do, and how I can work with it." Oh, here I have all this stress because um, my business had to close because uh, of lockdown, and I can't can't pay the bills now. All right, so lean into that. Well, maybe there's some thing that I'm not seeing that. I am being called to do, instead of that business. So I don't know if that answers your question or uh, opens up the conversation about how we view healing and what we're what we're presented with.
0: Yeah, the thing that that jumped out at me listening to you was um, a conversation I had with Dr. Elizabeth Torres about COVID, and. I don't know how science works, but I'm going to share what she, what she shared, which was also a really comforting thing to me when I had COVID, um, is that in biology and her study, she is a, an evolution biologist. She studied so many different species and their evolution over thousands of years on this planet. And she said, which is really cool that every evolutionary leap for different species, whether it's plant, animal, whatever, every evolutionary leap that's occurred on this planet was induced by a virus. Now that is cool. So, you know, we talk about the RNA and changing the DNA and I I don't understand how that works, how all of that in biology, I, I probably should Like do a little research and understand it because I think it's a beautiful, comforting teaching opportunity if we really understood that, that if a virus induces an evolutionary change an upgrade. Let's say upgrades. Let's don't say, you know, we think virus and it's going to kill us. But think about 99% of the population is recovering from this virus. And what if you continue to tell me and you and my daughter work together doing energy work on me while I was was ill, that literally it's an upgrade. You say that a lot. There's an upgrade happening. And so if this virus is here to um, catalyze our evolutionary leap forward as a species. How comforting can that be?
1: Yes. And that is, you know, it's, it's funny because I'm I i, I get, I'm like you. I don't have a lot of scientific background to be able to support saying things like that. But, and I'm so glad you brought Elizabeth Sertoris's, um quote in about it because that is what I was shown when I first tuned into the virus and tuned into it and I was like oh this is not this is not something that's here to wipe us out there are going to be people that die from it But there are people that die from lots of things, you know, and there are people that are going to die from this. So it's not and it's not to make light of that, because I know if you've had a lot, I mean, I I have people that I know that that died from COVID or or are still having serious side effects from, you know, many months later. So I'm not making light of it. But if it is part of our evolutionary process, then how can we. how can we use it or use the understanding of it to see it as something that is here to work with us on some level, right?
0: Yeah. You know, I did, you and I did a show with Jeff Der last year when the, when the virus first came out, you got messages from the virus. He got messages from the virus and we did a show last March and I had him back on this March and it, reminds me of that phrase that I just said spontaneously, was that enlightened wholeness. And perhaps this virus is inviting us into this enlightened wholeness. So it's kind of like, how do we welcome it and love it? Just like you were saying, um, bringing your consciousness in alignment with your cells so they can either experience the vaccine in a positive way or experience the illness in a positive way, and really do those upgrades. Like welcome the upgrade and love the i the 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 idea and the potential of this new process that we're in. This enlightened wholeness. I don't know. It feels <laughs> like there's an enlightenment with it that's coming.
1: It's it's interesting because you know one of the keys for me personally, but also that I see with others is, is, is not just managing fear, but understanding what is triggering our fear, you know, and, and realizing that it, it's not based on, on a reality, you know, it's based on, there's a lot of fear mongering going on right now. And if you get into fear, your, your cells join you in that fear and of course it makes you less capable of dealing with the virus if you get it and it it um causes more reactions to the vaccine if you decide to get a vaccine it um it uh you know can cause all sorts of other kinds of emotional and physical issues when you get into fear so how do you Mm -hmm. deal i think And again, I keep wanting to say managing the fear, but it's beyond managing it. It's recognizing that it's not based in, in, in a reality that um, really is. It's it's about remembering that nothing really can take out your essence. That when you tune into you, in that state that you were in when you, you know, had the fever where you're just being and you were aligned with your higher levels of consciousness, you're, you're, you're being in your um, connected self where your physical body, you're just beyond your physical body. And when you're in that state and you keep returning to that state in consciously bringing yourself back into the awareness, then it really it really doesn't um, have any basis. The fear has no basis because nothing can take you out. Not a virus, not a, not a, a mass consciousness concept of what it's supposed to do to you, you know? Yeah.
0: yeah. You know, it, it reminds me of um, the lessons and I'm just going to mention them because you're, you're talking about some of them. And I, I know you would probably have some feedback for this um, because what we're talking about is really being this expression of, a, of our one unified consciousness. And that's what we know from the new science is there is no separation. We are all A part of one unified consciousness, a unified field of consciousness. And so when I was in this state, some people will say the eternal presence or the eternal now, I I kept flashing on my friend's phrase, the holy moment of now, which is Makasha Roski. He always invites us into the holy moment of now. And I've always felt like, ah, I want to stabilize the holy moment of now. I don't want to just come into a space of the holy moment like a mindfulness practice and then have it be gone and it really did stabilize during that time. Mm-hmm. And so the lessons that I had there were there were five of them that came through and I'm still learning from this virus, but there was this state of inviting that this this holy moment invites nothingness. It was like there there was I can't explain it. There's there's nothing mattered and no thing really mattered. It was this being in this state of oneness with the unified consciousness. And then it transformed everything. It was like before I got COVID on a Saturday morning, got the fever on a Saturday morning and Thursday and Friday, I was working really hard on a project and I had to get things done and I had a book deadline and I had um, this I, I needed to go into a video and, and take clips and put it together with another video and and then take that as evidence for something to this group of people. And like, I had all of this pile of work and that's why I went, oh, I, ha- I have COVID. I get, you know, 10 days to really work on this. And then it was like, oh, I can't work on anything. But that at first that pile was looming over me. It was like oh my gosh, I got so much to do and it's piling up. Well, I went into this eternal now, this present, that that unified wholeness, consciousness. And I had this guidance, like, what if you never returned to that pile? What if you never got any of that done? What if none of it mattered. And what happened was it transformed all of that. Like none of it mattered. I didn't care about my to-do list. I let all of it go. And I'm allowing what's important in the moment, which you'll get, this was another one. It creates a choiceless choice. Like there is no choice, but to stay really fully present. You teach this a lot to be fully present and guided in this moment And then, if it represents and it's important, I know I need to follow it. And that's the choice, is continuing to stay in this present moment. So it dissolved the past. It's like nothing mattered from the past. There was no regret, or there's nothing to forgive. There's nothing to, you know, it's like the past was dissolved and the future was transcended. It was like time was gone gone there's no past to return to people kept going are you back are you returning are you returning to work are you you know and it was like there's no back to go to there's no returning to go anywhere there was there was nothing and even plans for the future there's nothing there's no there's no past there's no future is that what you're talking about (laughs)
1: you're so funny yes that is exactly (laughs) what i'm talking about where you you recognize what because when you're when you're in that connected state the all of that other stuff that's just all earth stuff that we've that we've created and it's fun it can be fun it can be enjoyable it can be useful it can be all these things but you know i always think when you were talking i was thinking about you know the, it's been written about many times what people actually think about, you know, as they're dying. And it's never about the stack of stuff they didn't get done.
0: <laughs> right. The work. I wish I would have worked more. That's what yeah. they always say. <clears throat> yes. Maybe perhaps this is the enlightened wholeness. Perhaps this virus is initiating an evolutionary leap into our enlightened wholeness, where we can really substantiate and stabilize this level of being. Isn't that a yummy invitation?
1: Yeah, well, one of the things, you know, when you said that, I'm thinking about all of the people I know who, its they seem on the verge of spinning out. Spinning out meaning either physically like they're going to leave the planet cuz it's just too much for them or on an emotional level like they just they've kind of reached the end of their rope and can't feel like they can't cope um just hearing lots of stories um about that and just you know running across people periodically that that feel like they're spinning out and instead of spinning out What if we stepped back and said, wait, 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 (laughs) wait, what's hap What actually is happening here? It can seem like it's just crisis management, one thing after another. And, you know, for many of us, we're really good at that. We can manage crises, you know, and but then at a certain point, it gets too much. And you you don't feel like you can manage the crises. So when we look deeper, though. What is it that actually is important? All these things that we we are saying are a crisis in our lives. Is is it really? Is it really a crisis? Or are we being asked to shift our perspective and create something new, or create nothing and let it let it fall away and see what emerges?
0: Shh. Mm. You know, I'm thinking about um, even just different plant species in a garden where when you said that I was seeing my favorite, I don't know the science behind this either, my favorite red lily that I got, I literally I got it on, we bought it on our anniversary probably two decades ago. Um, gorgeous, deep, deep, deep red day lily that was so stunning, and I've watched over the years how it's morphed, and we do have some daylilies, some yellow daylilies, Stella deor, and some other kinds of lilies in our yard, and I've watched that red, I call it my anniversary lily, evolve and change. Now, it could be the soil, it could be a lot of different things, but I know there are other plants around it, and everything is following this impulse of evolution anyway, right? So um, that's what I was thinking about is just allowing ourselves to be this garden of humanity that's under the influence of the impulse of evolution itself, the impulse of creation, that that force, that, you know, going back to... Um, that expression of source, we're all an expression of source. Let's just express. I love that. I love that. Oh, Cheryl, we are about out of time. I wonder if there's a 10 second or a 20 second um, piece that you really want to say about healing before we close.
1: The The thing that I say at the end of my client sessions is all is well. <laughs> I, I always say that all is well. It just comes right out of my mouth every time because the body recognizes that the our our being recognize recognizes that beyond the mind and all of the swirling information going all around us, that everything is okay. Like it really, this we're in a process that is divine and. It might not feel too good, some pieces of it, but it really is okay. We are okay.
0: Beautiful. That goes right into my closing quote. Thank you, Sherilyn, for joining us. And I want to leave you all with more words from Don Oscar miro Casada because it's about our collective healing. The great work cannot be done by oneself. It is our collective dream and presence that tilts the scales that truly allows the light of our essence to dispel all darkness, fear, and resistance to enable us to shift into an experience of reverence and commitment to the great web of life. You've been listening to The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Remember, together we are creating connections for the good of the whole. Until next time, I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now.